Yes, indeed. Bring us your thoughts on a Monday morning. The Capitals get walloped by San Jose. We're taking your calls at 301-230-0980. Okay, I'm just kidding. They did get walloped by San they Jose. They did get walloped by San Jose. 20 you're hours. Not kid- you're not kidding about 20 that. 20 hours after playing maybe one of their best games of the year the day before against Boston and collecting two points. Played one of their worst. That was absurd. It was absurd of the NHL to make them do that. I mean, awful. Awful. Kind of a predictable result yesterday in that game. Meanwhile, the feature game of the day. Yes, the South Carolina women destroyed LSU in the battle of one versus three. (laughs) Maryland defeated Illinois. Yeah. Diamond Miller with 31. Oh, wait a minute. Then, then there was the late game. Um, Chris, we know sometimes big events don't live up to the hype. Okay. We, we hype up the event that is a championship game. Final four. Sometimes the championship game doesn't live up to the hype. You know, you get a Butler UConn that, you know, is like watching paint dry. Sometimes the Super Bowl, um, you know, 13, three, a couple years ago, doesn't live up to the hype. Um, you know, kind of a boring night. Last night, however, last night met expectation where outside of, you know, Philadelphia keeping some safe distance in the first half, Mm -hmm. you know, it was still competitive. The defensive touchdown certainly helped. And really, in, in terms of momentum, maybe kept Kansas City in the game. And the second half was just game on. Uh, after Kansas City went down the field uh, with that first drive. And the whole second half lived up to what we expected, to excellent football teams, top seeds in their respective sides. Ironically, the units, though, Chris, that were so responsible, certainly for the Eagles having their dominance this year, Mm -hmm. that unit didn't live up. To its expectations and ironically kept it from having a chance to counter at the end of the game and the MVP. Bad ankle and all. I don't know how many painkillers that dude took at halftime, but Mr. Mahomes said, gentlemen, let's go. And Kansas City outlasting Philadelphia 38-35. He said, gentlemen, bring it, ladies and gentlemen, bring your attention to me. Yes. I'm just gonna kick your ass and yes, stomp he all did. over it. Um yeah, that game totally changed. I mean, I don't know if it was Rihanna. Maybe the Eagles were stunned that Rihanna was pregnant or lip-syncing. I don't know. Or the fact that normally a halftime is 13 minutes, and last night, of course, it was like 30. Uh, yeah, I think Olsen said 29 minutes is mm-hmm. the actual time. I, half an hour, whatever it is, it's a long time. It's more than double your standard halftime, which is why I always scoff at teams making halftime adjustments. You don't have the time that people think you do. You make adjustments as you go along, and clearly the Kansas City Chiefs, they were not run off the floor in the first half. They were down 24-14 going to the break. Seven of those points that they scored was off of a direct turnover in which Jalen Hurts was just too sloppy with the football. We're going to get there. But they were down 10 going to halftime with Mahomes 
when he got up and he hobbled off and he was wincing in pain, more than wincing, honestly, I thought the game was over. I did. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I discounted Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' ability to come back. They were down seven technically when the injury happened or when the re-injury happened. It became 10 on a last-second field goal by um, uh, by Jake Elliott mm-hmm. uh, right at the buzzer to make it 24-14. So they were technically down set. I thought, oh, there's no way the Chiefs are going to win this game. You know, it's not like I went on Twitter saying, that's it, it's done, cash your tickets, you know, all that. I didn't do that, thankfully, because I would have wound up on old takes exposed this morning. That being said, I did think the game was over. And yet, a half an hour, Rihanna break in between. Uh, maybe it was, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes looking at the tomfoolery on the TV in the locker room of Terry Bradshaw, Michael Strahan, and Jimmy Johnson trying to provide you some analysis for the millions of dollars that they make, uh, even though they're they're all clueless. Um I don't know what it was, but something changed at halftime because the Chiefs come right out. Boom! 10-play, 75-yard drive, finish off with a Pacheco kind of little eye candy from the right to the left. Oh, I'm just going to follow you in between the whole bing, bang, boom, get my touchdown. For those of you that smartly listened to this show over the last month, month and a half, you know how much we've been championing Isaiah Pacheco, touchdown, Anytime touchdown, you got it right there. One-yard touchdown run. But it was a pretty one-yard touchdown run if there was ever such a thing. And that made it 24-21. And you're like, oh, okay, all right. Well, well, now the Eagles are just going to counterpunch, right? Because the Eagles put up, again, 24 points on offense in the second half. Or in the first half. And then, Pete, they did counterpunch later. And they did score 14 points uh, I'm sorry, 11 points in the second half. Where, where was where was the rest of it? Where was this vaunted Eagles running game? Where was this vaunted defense? The pass rush? It was invisible! Yeah, the two most important elements of the Philadelphia uh, season, the run game and the defense, inexplicably missing at... The most important time of the season, and I've, I'm sure certainly you have to give Kansas City a lot no of doubt. credit, no doubt, for the way they played the run. Uh, Namdi inside with uh, Jones and those guys. I mean, look, 91 is a load, man. I mean, he he is a load to move inside. Outside of him taking a f- uh, well, I mean, a, an offside a, yeah, on a fourth I mean, and one. Uh, I mean, Jones was in right. the neutral zone. That guy flinched. Uh, yeah, yeah, but still that. Nick Bolton is a tackling machine. Ooh, that yeah. guy gets to the look. Oh, we yeah. talk about we talk about Fred Warner and Greenlaw with uh, San Francisco. But I'm telling you, man, Nick Bolton gets to the football as fast as anybody in the National Football yeah. League. Well, he should have had two touchdowns last night. Yeah, I mean that that, that we're going to get into we can the, debate that whether uh, that's he, a catch uh, or not. How about we? He could have had. Yes. He had one. Yes. He could have had a second. Because we'll, he was we'll, right there again. He's always around right. the football. We'll get into that. Because, I, I mean, there there were a lot of traffics that said Nick Bolton was a guy that the commanders, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't watch a lot of Missouri football. I mean, I you know, I, I like some of the things that I saw about him. But the Chiefs took him. And, you know, I know some people maybe have been a little bit disappointed by some things. But, man, was he active and spry last night. 
I mean, guys, Man, was all you ask your defensive players is to run to the football. Nick Bolton runs to the football. Uh, but again, I mean, the Hurts play the ball. I mean, Jalen basically puts it on the ground right in front of him. It's not right. like it's not like Bolton made you know some sterling play to return that for a touchdown. I mean, Hurts drops the ball and basically puts it right in front of him, and he's got a clear path right. to the end zone. I mean, I'm not saying he's out here like Mike Singletary or anything. No, no, no. But they right did, place, right time. Is right, your point. right place, right time. And that's what you do. That's what good football players do. They put themselves mm-hmm. in the right place to take advantage of breaks like that when they occur. But the fact is, Kansas City found a way and you know stopped the running game. Philadelphia, for the most part, did the same thing. Ball control using the short pass in the first half. So it's not as if they weren't still able to execute their game plan and do what they do, keeping the ball away from the other team. They just did it in kind of a a different way. It was actually a very good adjustment by Shane Steichen calling the plays uh, for Philadelphia to counter what Kansas City was doing to try and stop uh, the run game. But in the second half, they just couldn't find that same consistency. Mm -hmm. And at times, at times... Their insistence on snapping the ball. It's almost like they were insisting on snapping every play with under three seconds to go on the play clock. And a couple times they got lazy. And you could see Sirianni at one point screaming on the headset, get the play in. Okay? So, you know, Steichen, maybe in the second half, he's, you know, I don't want to say panicking a little bit, but getting frustrated is to find something that could work, was taking a little bit more time, and there was a little more panic a couple of times uh, where the, they had to burn a timeout. They took a delay a game penalty. And that in the second half, I'm not saying they lost their poise totally because that's not, that's not what happened. But they were, for one of the few times this year, knocked off kilter a little bit. But the quality of the other team was the reason why. And Kansas City just upped its level of execution in the second half. And again, the brilliance of play construction and Andy Reid uh, on display again because you remember the route. Diggs made the route kind of everybody went, ooh. I think it was last year or the year before where you know you, you kind of fake like hard going in, but then you, you do the reverse pivot, spin your body and reverse pivot out and go to the corner. Well, Andy added a new element to it with the motion and then, boom, stopping and going back in the other direction. And both times, the player on, def- on defense going with the motion man goes keeps going. The receiver does it. They ran it once to both sides and obviously got optimal results both times. It's excellent play construction and better play execution by Kansas City in the second half. Those two touchdowns. That ended in Kadarius Tony with the five yarder and Sky Moore with the four yarder, the plays you're mm-hmm. talking about. There was another play. Juju Smith Schuster ran from the slot and almost ran like a wheel, kind of diagonal to the sideline and get caught like a nine yard mm-hmm. pass on like third and seven or something like that to keep one of those. I, I think it was to keep the Tony drive going. I have to double check the re- results. Those three plays right there. And what you're talking about, the flipping and the motion and all that, are the stuff that we talk about on this show all the time, about how Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, and I don't know if it's more Andy Reid or Eric Bieniemy, I just give them both credit, how they have stayed ahead of the game. 
How they have stayed ahead of the game is by incorporating, again, different levels and different um, examples of what I call, what I think a lot of people call eye candy, right? Where you don't know what they're doing because it's a frenetic pace and it's motion that you're unused to seeing. You just don't see the type of design, the type of structure, the type of, again, for lack of a better term, eye candy that the Kansas City Chiefs throw at you in a lot of ways. A lot of times it's jet reverses. A lot of times it's little shovel toss pitches. They tried some of that. Little sometimes it's a waggle from Patrick Mahomes where he, you know, then flips it into the interior. And like they there was some of that. But those three plays, the two touchdowns, again, Basically, the same exact route, the same exact principle, the same exact concept, the same exact everything just flipped on sides of the field and flipped with different receivers. Those two plays and the Juju Smith-Schuster play that I'm talking about that set up the Kadarius-Tony touchdown, along with, of course, the enormous punt return from Kadarius-Tony. Here's a guy who was a complete disaster as a first-round pick for the Giants. Everyone thought, you know what? Giants took a real risk here. Boy, this kid's immature. Uh, and, and it worked out as about as terrible as you could imagine. What did we say? All, all playoff long. Kadarius Tony's been huge for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. What I again, we're not the only show. I know we said Kadarius Tony was going to be huge for the Chiefs. I didn't even think about it as a punt returner. I was talking about it as a receiver. Yeah. And you can and, guarantee, and, look, you can guarantee that you're going to see those routes that Kansas City used last night, you're going to see them in almost every team's playbook yes, next year yes. in some capacity. And but, it's going to work. But here's It's going but, to work. But here's the thing. Again, how is it that Biennemi and Reed almost find a way, again, to throw something at you every game that mm-hmm. you haven't seen before? Like, didn't they do that, like that ring around the rosy, whirling dervish thing? What the hell was that? What was that? And and I was confused, and I, I think I don't think they scored on that play, but like, who comes up with that stuff? They do, yeah. Because well, it's theater the, of the mind, right. and it's basically you think we're going to do this, we're going to throw something new but to again, give you a Chris, different look. The risk is, and remember, Matt Nagy had been part of the Andy Reid tree, and if Eric Bieniemy leaves. Uh, Nagy is the the prominent, uh, got to be the offensive coordinator again. But think about this. When Matt left Kansas City, you know, even though he did make the playoffs one year with Chicago, uh, the offense, that's right. Two out of four years. So he did You know, Matt Nagy, who did a horrible, wretched job, who was clueless as the head coach of the Bears. The offense didn't look anything like it did in Kansas City. Because you don't have the quarterback. So you got to be careful. Uh, when you pluck from those particular trees, because as we've seen with the Belichick tree, those men have crashed considerably as, as head coaches. So just because you're pulling someone from that group does not ensure success on your part. Tom Brady had a lot to do with that success in New England, and obviously Patrick Mahomes has a lot to do with that success going on right now in Kansas City. The MVP in pain, living up. To his billing last night, a, a, just an incredibly critical scramble uh, when you likely least expected it. You knew he'd be able to 
keep plays elongated going horizontally. But that scramble uh, really had to be just the samurai sword through the heart of Philadelphia uh, last night because of the time and the score uh, at that point. I mean, Patrick Mahomes selling out uh, for his team as they all rose to the occasion. Chris Jones was reading his team, the riot act on the sideline in the first half. They rose to the occasion in the second. The call. The call. We'll get to the call and your calls at 301-230-0980. On Super Bowl 57, we'll get to the call next right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. takes the snap. The Chiefs only rushing two on a delay. Clock is going to be out of time and the pass is going to be underthrown. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. That an excited, exuberant Mitch Holtis. The play-by-play voice. Did you like that call? Of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it's okay. okay. It, it, it just kind of meandered. Uh, oh, yeah, okay might be. It sounded like one of my rants. It, it, kinda, it just kind of meandered, and it, at some point you knew it was going to end. It's yeah. just like, and it's like when you get into something and you're like, okay, well, how do I, how do I end this? Like, yeah. like a rant. Right. Like a Chris Russell right. rant. How do I end it? You know, how do I tie it up in a yeah. sweet little knot? Yeah, exactly. Although usually my rants actually have more substance to them I than mean, just Mitch, being Mitch is, elongated. Mitch is, first of all, Mitch, ah, stop over but, there. Mitch is Mitch is actually one of the better voices of the National Football. Oh, League. he does a great job. Their broadcast is actually very good. Yeah. Um, I, I listen to uh, I, I listen to them uh, a lot uh, when I'm driving around on Sunday afternoons because I've got SiriusXM and I can hear every broadcast. Mitch, Mitch, and Mitch does a good job. Um, but that was just kind of it, it just kind of is like ah oh, ah yeah oh okay you know sometimes a big red and gold hey, reflection you know what sometimes simplicity is okay yeah sometimes sometimes simplicity it's, is okay it's okay you're right so you're right I, I will I will say this before we get into the rest of the game somebody pointed this out I forget who um can't remember um the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Oh, the junkies were talking about it this oh, morning. Oh, was it? How, yeah, okay, yeah. right, right, right. I, I was bouncing about back how and forth between it is. Kevin and <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't call it nubs, but I mean, all things considered, it's not the best look. Like, but again, it, it's simple, Chris. It's I know, simplicity. I know, it's tradition. I know, but compared to like, and and you know, for me as a huge hockey fan, mm-hmm. like the yeah, Holy sure. Grail, the Stanley Cup, yeah. Is I mean, first of all, it's the best postseason out there. Secondly, on top of that, it's the best trophy out there. Period. You know, even though America yawns at it or turns their other cheek to it because they don't, they. Well, I think hockey fans. The problem is, Chris, you don't have a depth, great depth of hockey fans. Well, that's yeah, because okay. Americans hockey are dumb. Hockey fans 
Hockey fans honor that trophy, understand what that trophy signifies. It's the casual fan that, you know, gets into hockey because their friends are into hockey because, hey, the Capitals are great right now. Remember, I mean, look, you couldn't move in Chinatown watching the game uh, in Las Vegas to clinch, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup. There were so many people down there. But how many of those people were people that show up at Capital One Arena every night like the diehard Capital fan does? Okay. I think the, the the simplicity of the Lombardi Trophy is, you know, when you see it, you know what it means. When you see the Stanley Cup, you know what sport that is. Okay, uh, no, no doubt. Baseball. I, I, I mean, it's baseball. The Commissioner's Trophy. You see it. You. I think the. I think the diehard baseball fan can identify that one. Yeah. I Same thing I with the it. NBA. The NBA championship, it's pretty obvious because there's a ball on top right. of it. I mean, so, listen, like there's a football on top of like, um, you know, on top of like uh, an ex- uh, whatever you call that. A, a, a piece base. of silver. Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Like, all right, l- let me give you a, a, a for instance. I never, ever, 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 no matter who's playing, who's winning, whatever, never do I miss the Stanley Cup presentation from start to finish, never, ever. I totally missed the beginning of the and the whole execution of the trophy handout last night, where they walk it out and everybody usually touches it. I assume they did that. I, I totally missed that. I missed Andy Reid or stupid Terry Bradshaw calling Andy Reid a walrus or whatever he no, goes. He said, a come waddle up oh, here. Come waddle over here or whatever. Uh, shut up, Terry. Okay, first of all, shut up, Terry. Let's start with that. Uh, and and secondly, shut up, Terry, and go count your money in your little stupid briefcase, uh, you and your terrible pre- and post-game show. Okay? I missed all of that. The only way I saw that is because friends of mine told me, and then I checked it out on Twitter. Like it, I don't mean to make a big deal out of it, but I guess I am. I just the Vince Lombardi Trophy just doesn't have that juice that the Stanley Cup has. It it just doesn't. I'm sorry. And, and I don't know. I, I guarantee you, when the owner gets that Vince Lombardi Trophy handed to him, they start to get a little excitement in the nether region. Well, I'm sure they do because even if you're an 85 year old owner, you start to feel a little excitement when they hand you that Vince Lombardi trophy. I mean, in, in other words, you don't need a little Vi- Viagra. To, no. uh, I don't need a blue pill. Yeah. If I, first of all, if I'm an NFL owner, and, and I, first of all, if I'm rich enough to be an NFL owner, and then they want to hand me the Vince Lombardi trophy on top of it. If, oh yeah. If you, if you were rich enough to be did an NFL see owner, Mr. Pete, Hunt? Pete would still did be doing. You, Pete would still be doing like like water polo on on uh, on Memorial Day weekend on the Big Ten Network. Did you see? How hot his daughter is? Is that who it is? Oh my god! I yes. thought it was his wife. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, let's say Mister Hunt. Listen, you're getting it done. Clark Hunt's wife is pretty darn decadent Woo. as well. His, his daughter, uh, what's her name, Gracie? I, I might just follow her on Instagram. Let's no, just, I'm, I'm not let, following let, his daughter. That's that's no. I don't need to do that. I, she's like. 28. Uh, that's She's even a beauty more pageant. I mean, I'm not following a 16-year-old. Uh, it's, uh, there's even less reason for me to follow her. It's, it's just not appropriate. Of um, course it's appropriate. She's smoking. I got Look, we got plenty of shots of her on TV last night. Yeah, okay? I know. Now. You'll see different shots of her on, uh, on Instagram is, the reason is what why, I'm saying. The reason why Mitch Holtis was so excited, the reason why the Hunt family picked up another trophy two times in four years now, 
Um, by the way, you won't meet many better sports families oh, no. than the Hunt family. Nope. They fantastic. I mean, the Hunt it, family and 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 the Rooneys are yeah. the two families that, if you identify with the NFL, that's it. Yep, that's the gold standard right there. Certainly, the Hunts. Uh, you know, starting in the AFL and then yeah. progressing to the NFL. Um, plain and simple, Chris. When the NFL sits down today. There, they won't be. There won't. There won't be a need for a letter to Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia staff saying, "Hey, our officials erred last night. That call was not a foul and should not have been one. And you know, we apologize for the error. In fact, the witness, okay, even said, "Hey, I grabbed him. No question about it. So the league can one hundred percent defend the call." Against James uh, Bradbury. No question about it. Um, The problem that a lot of us seem to have, a lot of the players involved, certainly Mm -hmm. the ex-players that analyze, Mm -hmm. this on both sides is going on throughout the entire game. And clearly, clearly there seemed to be an edict from this particular uh, officiating group. Because remember, it's not Sheffer's regular season crew. It's an all-star crew. Right. right. Last night, they were, for the most part, hell-bent on letting the teams decide this game. Yeah. I thought the one uh, penalty on Sue early in the game for hands to the face, I didn't think that was a good call. He had the shoulder pad in the collarbone area, and the pressure of that was forcing the head back of the player on the offensive line for Kansas City. I didn't believe he actually had his fans or his hands up inside of it or on his face mask. I thought that was uh, a questionable call uh, at that point by the umpire. And again, we talked about this on Friday, about this very topic. Angles are everything. And if you have the wrong angle, then a play like that mm-hmm. can be um, you know, mis- misappropriated. There was no misappropriation on this call here. It was a legitimate holding. The problem is we don't get that same call made as much as it should during the regular season. And certainly yesterday in that game, we didn't get that call as much as we do seemingly during a regular season game at times. Right. um, Where one crew will call that, one set of officials will call that uh, an entire game. And then right. another crew won't call that at all. And I think that is that play. There's no chance Smith Schuster gets to the football that Mahomes throws. Now, Mahomes throws it, essentially throws it away because Smith Schuster can't get open. Right. So there is that pl- part of the play and that element to it as well. But again, it's the timing of it mm-hmm. is what makes people a little irritated today. Probably spoiled what we would have wanted in terms of an ending, where Philadelphia would have had that chance likely to counter because Kansas City would have kicked a field goal much earlier. Correct, because that play happens on a third and eight from the Philadelphia fifteen, right? And for those that are unaware, the reason why, like where the ball was thrown and that Juju Smith Schuster couldn't have caught it, 
does not come into account because it's not defensive pass interference, number one. It's holding, okay? And to me, it was a clear hold live. I couldn't believe. I like Greg Olson. I couldn't believe that Greg Olson didn't think that was a penalty. And I think because of that, a lot of America thought it wasn't a penalty. And because it was in such a tough spot against and prohibitive to the Eagles. It's not that Greg didn't think it was a penalty. It's just he, like everybody else, was like, mm, he thought that's, it was ticky tack. A, that's a ticky-tack, tough I call didn't, I in didn't that see, situation. Okay, fine. But I like like everybody was bitching about consistency. You brought up consistency. We always bring up consistency. Like wh- whether you could say from crew to crew, game to game, all that, fine. I didn't see something as egregious as that throughout the game. Now, maybe I missed it, and I'm not watching every play close enough and isolated. An, I, right, but so, here's so, what. But so remember, maybe Chris, I'm missing that when we when we discuss bad calls in games right. during the course of the regular season. Right. Okay, I just evaluate everything for each for for the what? individual call. I don't look back ultimately. You know, at at 42 calls right. that weren't made. But this is what we talked about. This is you you and I had this exact same discussion on Friday about the subjectivity of a call just like that, okay? What is what is deemed illegal contact, unfair contact, disadvantageous contact to the wide receiver to one field judge. The other field judge in that situation probably thinks, you know, man, minute and a half to go in the game. Yeah. LeBron James getting fouled against the Celtics. Okay? LeBron James getting fouled against the Celtics, and the officials won't make the call. Duke and Virginia the other night. Yeah. Duke and Virginia the other night. Filipowski gets crushed with point two. Clearly point two. Red lights not even come on. Referee said, nah, we got to let these two teams decide this game in overtime. We can't make this call right here. And it's BS. Okay? It's BS. But in this, but that's what I'm talking about, though. The field judge on this crew said, you know what? That's letter of the law, man. He really grabbed him. I got to throw the flag in that situation because he's looking at his job. In other words, how are his supervisors right. going to rate him? They're going to be able – the NFL can 100% can back up that flag. They can support that flag yeah. by absolute the letter of the law. The player himself yes. admitted so, it was a holding penalty. So by the letter of the law, like you said – the. No official should be penalized for throwing that flag. The question is, is whether the timing, the situation. Well, we all think the timing but to me, stinks. But to, but to but to me, Pete, a penalty is a penalty. Just like Correct. at the end of the Duke Virginia game, just like in any sort of spot, like you should never swallow your whistle in the final minute of a game or the final two minutes of the game or overtime or whatever. No, no, no. You call. The play. You call the penalty. You call the infra- – I know that there is human indiscri- – I What I don't know is through a back judge's eyes, does he go and say, ah, I'm not ah, ah, I'm not going to throw the flag because it's third and eight in the Super Bowl. You know, I, I don't know. Like, if I throw the flag, they're going to be able to sit on it and kill – like, are they aware? I'm sure they are aware. I'm sure they're inherently aware. Are they instructed – are they instructed to not throw it on third and eight in completion with a uh, – where was it here? With a, a buck 54 left, knowing full well that if Kansas City gets the first down via the penalty, which they did, that they could sit on the clock, right. that they could kill the clock. No they, dramatic They had ending. a chance to score the touchdown, yeah. and obviously Jarek McKinnick slid down you know, to, to kill even more. Smart play. They, right, but they had – like, does the field judge, does the back judge, does the side judge, whoever makes that call, 
Does he sit there, she sit there, go, oh, I can't call it here because of the, the no, impact? I mean, they uh, shouldn't do that. You can't because then you don't, then you're, you're not doing your job okay, right. Okay. But then the argument that they shouldn't throw it in that spot is kind of useless. No, I, if they, I, if they Chris, are I agree. Not, you, you know what I'm saying? I agree. But here's the, again, I come back to the subjectivity part is if in this case, pretty sure it was the field judge who threw the flag. They throw that flag in that situation as as 100% correct because you can back up the call with no problem. But the problem is Washington, Atlanta, week five, Terry McLaurin gets grabbed in a similar situation. So instead of having a first down late in a game, you know, driving for what could be a a potential game-winning touchdown, you know, Washington gets jobbed on a, a play like that because a field judge on another crew may not make the same call. Well, you use the call at the end of the Giants game. I mean, it's 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 not the same exact infraction, but that that call, that missed call, which yes. everybody agreed was in a other, terribly right, blown words, call, uh, crossed right. the commanders. And this is where I come back, and I come back to the, uh, I come back to you know what we're seeing in the NBA. I can't. It is impossible. For me to enjoy watching an NBA game sometimes because of the ridiculousness now of the officials. And I'm a basketball official, okay? And I'm a basketball official. I love watching basketball. I love watching great referees work. Like, I get to watch courtside sometimes at our Navy games. And I love the interaction I get with those. Because I learn a lot as an official when I do that. But I can't watch the NBA. I I can't watch the NBA in certain situations because I know what's going to happen. If there's almost a WWE element to the officials, in situations like that, 99 times out of a 10, a guy has got to get absolutely bludgeoned with a sledgehammer to get a call late in an NBA game. That I literally have to be like Hacksaw Jim Duggan with a 2x4, bang, and hit you across the head. And maybe, just maybe, Jason Goble will get, get his fist up in the air and call a foul instead of his theatrics that he did up at Brooklyn calling that foul on Monte Morris driving inside where he got all wound up. Oh, and he points the other way. Okay? All I ask is if, if, if you're instructed as a field judge to call that penalty in that situation, which he called correctly last night. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disparaging the call. But I need the other 14 crews on the NFL you know, roster, I need them to call that play when Terry McLaurin gets grabbed, when CeeDee Lamb gets grabbed, when A.J. Brown gets grabbed, when Devontae Smith gets grabbed, I need that consistency of that call because that exact play, Chris, happens probably 10 times in every NFL game. Yeah, but again, and going doesn't ba- get called. Going back to our conversation last week, and I know you disagree, if we're going to ask for 100% or close to 100% consistency from crew to crew, game to game, call to call, situation to situation, we're asking for something we don't ask players for. We're asking for something we don't ask coaches for. Don't ask organizations for. No, players for. do because if don't players are consistent, they get cut. No, 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 no. No, no. If, I, if, I, if I suck as a player, uh, if I don't do my job, are. if it, I don't do my job, I get the pink slip. It, it, it depends on who you are. If, if you're, uh, you're Jalen Ramsey – and your track record is as a pro bowler and as an all-pro, you can get away with a lot more in terms of hands grabbing, all that stuff. A, on the field in terms of what they'll allow. B, in terms of 
like how your team will will judge and, and and therefore determine your playing time and your future. Not everybody gets cut because they make mistakes. I mean, mistakes happen. My point being is we do not expect consistency like from players, teams, head coaches, coaching staffs, organizations like we demand it and expect it from referees and officials. And it's my point is is yes, ideally we would want consistency, but it's really 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 hard to achieve because there's so like even the McLaurin situation at the end of the Giants game to that play last night on Bradbury two completely different calls mm-hmm. right but the two the, completely and, different calls situations and, 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 and to everything. that point the, to the original point I made about the Terry McLaurin play about 15 years ago in all sports okay we made officials start doing more super duper right by the rule book instead of the advantage disadvantage principle last night was Juju Smith-Schuster put at a huge disadvantage because of that tug, that little wraparound tug by Bradbury? We could debate that. At the same time, did Terry was Terry McLaurin gaining any great advantage because he was six inches you know, behind where that headlinesman was trying to get him to in that situation? Was there deception in the formation because McLaurin was – Six inches away from a line, this imaginary line that the headlinesman wanted him to get to? Of course not. There's no deception there. The, the, the reason why that flag is there is, is, is their deception by the offense to confuse the defense as to who's uncovered, who's not, who's an eligible receiver, who's not. There was no intentional deception by McLaurin on that play to do that. By letter of the law, can they defend the headlinesman if they – you know, look at the play and go, well, you know, he was he was really six inches behind where he was supposed to be, technically. Yes. Was he put at a disadvantage? No. But we've been told to eliminate that advantage-disadvantage principle from our officiating now, and that's why we've got rule books that are in all sports, all sports that are being so super overemphasized. Uh, and at times, at times, you know, it ruins the game a little bit. Here's the, what's trending. That is a good call. All right, we start with, of course, Super Bowl 57. Now in the books, Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, sprained ankle and all. Where's Eric Bieniemy going? That's the big question on a lot of people's mind here in the DMV. Of course, the Colts job apparently set to go to Shane Steichen, the Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator, and not to Eric Bieniemy, who was holding out hope to get a head coaching job there. There are other offensive coordinator spots open, such as Baltimore, Arizona. Arizona hasn't even hired a head coach. Maybe they'll get into the Biennemi sweepstakes. Who knows? Maybe the Commanders will wind up with the Kansas City Chiefs and Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator. These are all the questions, all the topics that we'll continue to discuss. Jay Gruden coming up in about 13 minutes or so for his final appearance of the year here with us on a Monday morning for touchdown at 10 on Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980. We mentioned the Colts set to hire Shane Steichen. Adam Schefter says he's flying to Indianapolis today to sign his contract. Meanwhile, here on the Team 980 late night tonight, it's the whiz off of a big win over the Indiana Pacers Saturday night against the Golden State Warriors. No Steph Curry. 945 pregame. For the Wiz with Dave Johnson right here. Team 980 and the Odyssey app. And that's what's trending.
Plenty of love in Kansas City today. They are celebrating a Super Bowl championship. How they got there, great second half. Beat Philadelphia in a lot of ways at their own game. Pacheco was fantastic uh, in the second half. Some big runs. Obviously, McKinnon with a big run late uh, when Philadelphia had kind of lost focus, I think, a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. McKinnon could have scored. I mean, they, Philadelphia wanted him basically to score at that point. The only question was whether McKinnon was going to be, uh, you know, silly enough to run in because I want, I want that Super Bowl touchdown. Everybody's like, well, you want to go up a touchdown? No. You want to run the clock out and then kick the field goal the way Kansas City did. Didn't that happen in the Giants-Colts Super Bowl? And I forget who it was, the Giants running back Bradshaw, Ahmad Bradshaw, ran it in, and everybody was pissed off at him. I've always been a, hey, you score when you can score and take your chances that way kind of thing. But obviously everybody has evolved into, no, 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 you're better off trusting the place kicker. Well, in this case, okay, in this case, the game is tied at 35. Right. Okay? So he scores. But if he scores a touchdown, you're giving Philadelphia plenty of time to go back and counter. In this situation, at minimum, you win the game on a field goal. Mm -hmm. If it gets blocked or he somehow shankopotamuses it. Right. Okay, you still then still go to overtime. You don't. Right. You want to make sure that if Philadelphia sees the ball again, it's in overtime because something goofy happened. Okay, right? Because that play was run with one forty-eight on the clock when it started. Mm-hmm. Runs for nine, slides down, and then Mahomes takes two knees. The next play is run at one thirty-six because Philadelphia takes a timeout. So let's just say he scores, right? The kickoff probably comes at like one thirty-eight. Well, Butker kicked every kick out of the end zone, so right. you've got but, you know. But I'm saying Philadelphia has at least a mm-hmm. minute and a half. Yeah, and presumably all three of their timeouts because they wouldn't have taken their their third timeout. So they'd have had one timeout. Uh, I'm sorry, right? They would have one timeout because they had already taken two, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't have had they wouldn't have taken their third timeout in that spot to stop the clock if. McKinnon had gone in. So so the so the bottom line is basically what you would have been saying is we're we're up at least six uh we're up at least six pending the extra point, which you presume Harrison Butker would have made the extra point. Not a safe and sure thing anymore, by any means, as we all know. Um so that's the only argument that I can use. See, like I think the better argument while everyone's screaming about not giving Jalen Hurts a minute and a half, and I understand that, I think the better argument is I can't trust the place kickers anymore to put me up seven. Uh, I can't. What if Bradshaw goes in? Uh, not Bradshaw. What if what 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 if um um the hell's his name? McKinnon goes in right mm-hmm. in that spot, and then Butker, who earlier had missed a chip shot field goal. What if he what what if he slips on that stupid turf? That but Chris, that's my but my point was if if Philadelphia doesn't see the ball until unless something goofy happens until it gets to overtime. Yes, I mean we saw Jake Elliott slip on the kickoff or Bucker was Bucker. Yeah, it was Bucker. Bucker that slipped yeah, on. so I mean, right. you know, I mean, no, I I get it. But what happens? What happens if with eleven seconds left and you play everything right, he slips? My point is, is that's bad luck. I know, but my point is is I've always been of the thought that you should score the points. And no. I understand your argument and score what on the last play so the game is over and you know, or score as late as you can 
So the other team doesn't have a realistic chance to run a play. As right. you saw, Jalen Hurts try to throw and, a ball and, and land at the 30-yard line. But, but my point, again, my point would be score when you can and take your chances the other mm-hmm. way. Now, I understand the only, probably the only way you're getting beat, probably, is... A miracle. Is is a if, miracle. Well, well, no, no, no. Because if you do what I'm saying you should do, score the touchdown, say Butker kicks the extra point, you're up by seven... You do give Philadelphia plenty of extra time or plenty of time, a minute and a half ish, to go down the field and, what and if score. They, okay, right. And what if they score a touchdown well, and the ultimate dice roller, Nick Sirianni, well, that, decides to go for okay, two? That's what I just thought of. And shows so you, you could, the biggest cojones so since could lose. John Holmes. So you could lose. So that's the argument. That's the argument against my argument. My that's argument correct. just has been always in the past, although I am starting to come around to this argument a lot more than say I am the stupid like go for it on fourth and one fourth and two no matter what the situation is you know Brandon Stanley style um which worked for Nick Sirianni in the first half it worked by for the Nick way. Sirianni but all on plus territory sure and I, and, I, I mean and one was at mid, one was at midfield down in distance yes but one was at midfield and one was like fourth and five, fourth and six, which I did. I was, I, I was like, yeah, why are you going for that? And it worked, and it worked. But my point being is, I don't know. I'm, I'm like a control what you can control kind of guy. I do understand not giving, not giving Philadelphia a chance to come back tied up and potentially roll the dice. With a two-point conversion, but and, and I, how can I, you? But, I but can't that, say that. Right, I can't say that the Kansas City would have been wrong. Control what you can control, and you can control what you can control because you have the ball. Right, control but I, the ball. But but if don't Kansas, let the other team but have if Kansas it. Kansas City scores in that spot instead of sits on the clock. I can't. My point is, is I can't kill them for taking the points that are available to them. Guy had a chip shot. You know, I mean, something weird was going to have to happen for him not to make that field goal. Plenty of plenty of weird things happen. Jay Gruden, he's been awesome all year. He'll join us next right here on the Team Nine Eighty or stream live for free on the Odyssey app. 